welcome to Pendleton Center Church. We are the Chancel Choir. If you're new to our church, please pick up a welcome folder that's at the connection site or the welcome and information desk. We'd like to know you were here, so everyone, please put your name on the friendship card you'll find in the bulletin. If you would like to receive the church newsletter or need an update of any information, please be sure to fill out the address, email, and phone number. On the back, you can write prayer concerns, blessings, or notes to the staff. Please enjoy our service and have a blessed day. We do welcome you to Pendleton Center United Methodist Church this chilly morning, and we invite you to sing our call to worship along with us. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. us pray. Come Holy Spirit, fill us with your love, fill us with your grace, fill us with your presence. In this service of worship, may you be glorified as we draw closer to you, exalting the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. There's a couple of clipboards going around this morning. One of them, there's only one for. It's the one for altar flowers and bulletin stuff and whatnot. So that's going to start all the way over here, and it's got to go through. So when it gets to the end down there, you've got to send it over there and send it forward. And then when it gets down here, you've got to send it over here and send it. You see what I mean? 
so that it goes through everybody, so that everyone has an opportunity. Um, the other clipboard that's going around is about our prayer vigil, which is coming up this weekend. What a blessing it is to have a time when we can come for 24 hours and just gather together and worship God. Um, please go ahead and, and fill in, you know, and fill in those um, times whenever you can. There's also a sheet attached that is for folks who are not able to come to the church to pray, but want to participate anyway. You can sign up, let us know what time you're praying, and just be praying for the church, for the ministries, for the people, for all of those things God puts on your heart. In the front of your pew, there, um, or chairs, or wherever it is that you're sitting. Um, there's also a, a card, an orange card. If you have prayer requests that you would like lifted up during the prayer vigil, please fill one of those out and drop it in the offering plate. Let, it lets us know that, um, that we have these requests and they do get prayed over, not just at the vigil, but for three months following. It is a blessing. Um, what praises do you have this morning? I know you have praises this morning. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Awesome chaos in the angel wings with new families and all kinds of things and the youth group beginning. It's wonderful to see our young people being involved and reaching out to other families. Other joys. Yes, Judy. Amen. So, so there, is, there is that knowing that there is prayer, that there are people who are willing to pray. It touches the hearts and lives of people and draws them by the Spirit to Christ. Kelly, what have you got for us? I am thankful for the choir. Back Amen. And we've got several members that haven't been with us for a little while, and they're back, and we have a new member. We can try to figure out who's who. What a blessing. What a blessing to have all kinds of stuff going on with the choir. I heard them practicing this morning. It was angelic. Absolutely angelic. What a blessing. Any other joys this morning to lift up? Yes. Yay, and Linda Barzakowski is visiting us up from Gowanda and, um, and, and back from her vacation. So what a blessing it is to have you with us today. Others? Yes. Excellent. We continue in prayer for um, Debbie's mom as she recovers from those burns, but Debbie says she's really coming along beautifully, and that is a blessing as well. Do you have any, uh, any other joys you want to voice this morning? I want to draw your attention to the envelope that's in your um, uh, bulletin. We do want to be a blessing to all of the folks who have been impacted by Hurricane Florence. Um, this is for disaster relief. You do not have to do it today. If, I mean, you can if you're, if you're prepared. You can go ahead and take care of that today. But if you want to just hang on to the envelope and take care of it next week, you can do that too. Please make the checks payable to Pendleton Center United Methodist, PCUMC, because there will be one check that goes from the church um, to there. So if the Lord puts it on your heart this week or next week, um, go ahead and take care of that. With these um, joys and the ability to be a blessing to the people who are in need, let's return back to the Lord just a small portion of the blessings that he has blessed us with so abundantly.
Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks and praise for this day, for the blessings that you have given us, for the changing of the seasons, Lord God, that we may come back into a more regular pattern of life, schedules, and whatnot. We are grateful, Lord. We are grateful for the blessings you pour out into our lives, that you can make us to be a blessing to others. So bless this offering of what you have given us, Lord. Give us wisdom to know how to best use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. Bless especially the offering that is going to the victims of the hurricane so that their communities can be rebuilt, their lives can be restored. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. And we have a couple of requests that have been um, given to us to share, and then we'll see what it is that, that is on your hearts this morning. Um, Sue Wilson is home, and that is a blessing, but she is also um, in need of continued recovery, so we want to keep her lifted up in our prayers as she continues to recover from um, her um, illness and um, we want to lift up Ron Elman's friend Gary, who has cancer throughout his bones. And we do want to um, be in prayer for the Mayer family. Um, Sue's husband, Ken, passed away this week, and we want to lift them up. That does impact several members of our congregation as well, and, and we just want to keep those folks in our prayers as they're grieving that loss. What other concerns would you like to bring up, or that does the Lord put on your heart this morning? Let's say everybody's just about prayed up. Terry, what's up? Amen. There, there's um, Terry's mom. It, it's possible that she may lose her sight with something that the doctors are trying to sort out and figure out how to treat. And we know that the power of God can reach in and touch and touch her and work through those doctors to get her what she needs. And we're believing in faith for that in Jesus' name. Yes, Karen. Thank you. A uh, friend of Karen's who's a mother of four with cancer, um, and, and they need to get it, and the, the treatments are very rough for her. That, I'm sure, with the burden of, of knowing that she's not caring for her family while she's dealing with this must be very difficult for her, so let's keep her, keep her lifted up. Others? Yes. For Susie, for Becky's daughter Susie, we will keep, continue to lift her up. God knows what she needs before we even ask. Amen? Amen. Others, with these concerns and those that are on your heart, whether you join me from your seat or at the rail, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, Lord of all creation, the one who hears and answers our prayer, the one who knows what we need before we even ask, yet invites us to join together in the power of the Holy Spirit in unity to pray. Lord God, we lift up these people who have been mentioned. We lift up all of their circumstances, Lord, and also the circumstances of the people who remain in our hearts, who we have not spoken of aloud, that we know need a touch from you. We pray for the people who are sick and infirm. We speak against cancer. We speak healing and deliverance from those cancer cells. We speak forth 
wisdom into the hearts and the minds of medical professionals who are caring for our loved ones in all kinds of ways. We just ask in Jesus' name, Lord God, that they would have what they need beyond their learning in the natural, beyond their experience here, that they would have wisdom from you, your healing power, your ability to bring wholeness. And we speak forth, Lord God, your power to touch each one who is in our hearts, each one who has been mentioned, that they would be made whole in not only their physical bodies, but their spirits and their souls as well. Touch them, Lord, where they are in need of a touch from you. Father, we pray for those who are grieving losses. How difficult it is to know that someone we have loved dearly is no longer with us and we will not see them until a much later date. Help each of us to trust in you, to trust in the hope of salvation to eternal life that you have promised us and those we love. That we can hold in faith the words of the prophet that you shall be saved and your whole household. Help us, Lord, who know you, to be a light to those who do not. To be the people who show forth your love and your mercy and your grace, that by your spirit they may be drawn to you, the scales fall from their eyes and they see who you are. It is written, Lord God, that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And Lord God, we claim that. And we apply it to all those in our lives who do not know you. Let them see who you are. Lord God, we pray for all of those people in our communities and in our world who are dealing with various kinds of disasters in their lives. Tragedies and sudden deaths, loss of homes and property, the feeling of loss and the sense that they don't know what's going to happen next. We pray, Lord, that by your Spirit you would draw up alongside of them. Let them know your comfort. Let them know your grace. Let many turn to you. Now, Lord, we pray that we might be made just a little bit more like Jesus this day and in the coming week that we would be able to share your love because we have allowed ourselves to be transformed here this day, transformed and strengthened as we sing songs of praise and hear the words spoken and pray the prayers 
We pray a special blessing on Pastor Sherry today as she brings the message you have given her for us. Let it be a blessing to her and a blessing to us. Lord God, make all of our worship to be a blessing to you. Help us to remember we did not come so much to receive as we have come to give, to worship, to bow down, and to love each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we hear from the word of the Lord? Today's scripture lesson is from Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. When the girls returned to to Ruel, their father, he asked them, why have you returned so early today? They answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he? Ruel asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son and Moses named him Gershom saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jeff. When I read this scripture, the first thing that came to my mind is, what a mess. What a mess Moses made of his life. And I'm sure that was going through his mind. As we go through this, we're going to be looking at Moses' mess. Just as a reminder of who Moses is from last week, Moses is a Hebrew Moses is someone who was plucked out of the water as a baby, rescued by Pharaoh's daughter 
Pharaoh who had wanted to kill all the baby boys. And so he was set aside and raised up. He knew he was a Hebrew, and he had the Hebrew people on his heart. But he wasn't actually following God. In fact, God isn't even mentioned in this entire passage. Moses was instead raised eventually in the Pharaoh's palace in luxury. He had servants. He was 40 years old when this episode happened, and he was all that. The condition of our hearts determines our actions. Moses comes across this scene where he sees an Egyptian taskmaster whipping somebody who is a Hebrew, and it enrages him because he sees injustice. So God had placed on his heart a feeling of compassion for his own people and a feeling of the justice, and yet he wasn't responding to God in it. In fact, what it says is that he looked this way and he looked that way. What does that mean when we do that? It means, I know I'm doing something wrong. I'm checking to make sure anyone else isn't going to see me. You know, someone saw, and God always sees. Our sins are always become known in some way, and they are always, always known by God. So it doesn't matter how much looking back and forth you go, it's being seen. And he killed the man out of his rage. He chose to do it anyways. And instead of wrestling with his sin and repenting, he hides the body and puffs up a little more. He decides to start acting as an authority with the Hebrews now. And he sees these two Hebrews having a disagreement, having a battle, and he steps into it and asks, you know, why are you doing this? You shouldn't be doing this. In Acts 25, it says Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. And they said instead to him, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me the way you killed the Egyptian? In other words, we don't care that you're a Hebrew. We don't care that you're Pharaoh's prince now. You are a hypocrite, and you have no authority over us whatsoever. How dare you? Well, this was a little shaky for Moses. He began to become afraid, not because of being convicted of being a hypocrite, but because, oh, I've been busted. I was caught. He said, what I did must have become known. And it's always known. Pharaoh actually decided to try and kill Moses because of what he had done. And so Moses decides to run, to run away, and he runs away far. Now, what do you think is going on in his mind when he's doing this? What do you think? I'm thinking fear, distraught, defeated. You ever go through that where you've done something and you, as you're going away, you're thinking, oh, why did I do that? What am I doing? Oh, my, this is awful. Da, da. And you start going through and you start regurgitating the same scene over and over and over again in your mind saying, why? What was I thinking? What did I do? How it, I have destroyed everything. My life is crashing around me now. It's just crashing down. And he fled. This horrible sin caused him to flee. And he fle- went off to Midian. Now, Midian's pretty far. It's, they're suggesting it's like in Saudi Arabia area. So he goes all the way from Egypt to Saudi Arabia. It doesn't say how he gets there. 
So you can imagine, no matter how he got there, it's a long way, a long time to be regurgitating this in his brain. Of all the things he had just done, all the things he just experienced, the mess he made of his life. Now, when he gets there, he goes to a well, and seven daughters come up. And again, these shepherds show up, and they start to push him around, and and Moses sees injustice, and again, he has that on his heart. This injustice isn't right, but instead of reacting the way he did, God had been working on him a bit in the traveling, and he decided to rescue them in a way by shooing them away instead of just killing all the shepherds. So he's growing, growing. He dealt with it a little differently. And um, the, the father, when the girls came back and said, hey, you know, this guy did this for us. And, and, and the father, Ruel's like, ooh, sounds like a good catch. Uh, we need to invite him back here. Why, you left him alone? And so they invite him back. And God was caring for him already. God was taking care of Moses from the moment he left, from the moment all the way through, actually. But Moses wasn't seeing it. Moses was homeless, and now he had a home. He was hungry, and now he had food. He was without God, and now Ruel is a priest. So he's going to be introduced to God. He was alone, and now he has a family. He married Zipporah. But God is giving all of this, and Moses doesn't see any of God's provisions. He's just sitting and wallowing in his defeated life to the point where when he had a baby, his baby boy, they named him Gershom, meaning I'm a foreigner there. And he said when he named him, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. Meaning every time he's going to look at his son, he's going to say, I messed up. I'm away from my people. I'm away from my land. This is a constant reminder of what I did. I am now alone. I'm far away. I'm not wanted. I'm disrespected. I'm defeated. I'm discouraged. I'm guilty. And he gave up. He gave up. And he felt, I'm sure, stuck stuck in a life that he didn't want, stuck. He went from being in the palace with luxury and servants to living in a desert, being a foreigner, working for a living, and humble to the point of working with sheep. What a mess. What a mess. What an overwhelming mess. When I start thinking about messes and overwhelming messes, the first thing that comes to mind to me is laundry. <sighs> I don't like doing laundry. Honestly, it never ends. Never ends. <laughs> and you can get to feed us when it, it just piles up and piles up. I'm like, oh. You know, when we were, DJ and I were first married, um, we, used, we didn't have a washing machine yet. And we used to take all our piles and piles of clothes and bring them over to my in-law's house. And we would just spend the day doing laundry. And there was that moment before we took off our clothes when everything was clean. And it was like, wow. You know, and then we got our own washing machine, and now I haven't seen the bottom yet. (laughs) You know, we were talking about from going from glory to glory. 
And one of the things that blocks us from going into God's glory is our own dirty laundry. Our own dirty laundry that piles up in our lives, representing the mistakes we've made, the pain we've caused, all the sins we've done, piled up as a constant reminder within ourselves that we're a mess, that we messed up. And we start thinking to ourselves, looking at this, it's like, yeah, I know that's there, but I'm a mess, and God can't, God won't use a mess like me. Romans 8.1, though, says, there is no condemnation, no condemnation for anyone who is in Christ Jesus. None. In fact, God does not call anyone who is not a sinner. Our verse today is Romans 3, 23 through 24, and it says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Who falls short? All. All fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. By grace, well, what does that even mean? Grace is unmerited love. It means God sees us all with all of our sinfulness, all of our issues, everything that's going on. And he says, I love you anyways. And I'm going to take your brokenness and I'm going to transform that into something beautiful. Got a little video here about transformation. Check it out. Maybe we have a video about transformation. There we go. How was your day? How was your day? I'm well. Mommy snuggled with me when I was scared. I love my baby sister so much. We laughed so hard that our bellies hurted. And mommy gave us lots of kisses. We were for fun ride. But the best part of the day. <laughs> Your normal might be their magic. I'd like to transform that into your normal may become through God your magic. God can work that through you. Your normal can become your best day ever. Your brokenness can become the best thing that ever happens to you if you allow God to transform it. You take the guilt and the pain and you impact it with grace and you allow God's grace to work through you, 
God takes the pile of dirty laundry, the mess of your life, and he transforms it. And he covers it up. And he says, look, I'm going to make a path for you. I'm going to make a path for you that's clean and white. And I'm not going to remind you of this anymore because I'm going to transform this. I'm going to make this into something beautiful if you allow the Spirit to do it. Because this is still here, but in our path to go on to the sun, we end up looking and saying, yeah, it's a, it's a high road, but you know what? Now I'm strong enough I can get over it. I can get up higher, but I can see farther because of what I've experienced, what I've gone through, how God has used that. Our other scripture from last week, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. God, through Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit, when we allow it, can take our brokenness and transform it in ways where we grow. We grow stronger, we grow farther, we draw closer to God so that we go from, I'm a mess and I'm stuck and I'm living a mediocre whatever life because I just give up, this is what I'm stuck with, to a life that looks back and says, I see God in it. I see God in my life in the brokenness. I experienced God in the brokenness. I grew closer to God in the brokenness. And I'm no longer someone who just claims to know God. I know God because I've seen God and I've experienced God. Jesus redeems our guilt and transforms us by grace. And so we need to look and say, where is God? Where is God? When you think back to all the things that have gone into our lives, all the messes we've made, where was God at that time? You know, Barbara Brown Taylor said, new life starts in the dark. Whether it's a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, it starts in the dark. And we have an opportunity to allow our brokenness to become transformed into a new life. Moses had another son, and he had used those Midian moments, that Midian time, to grow closer to God. And it shows because his next son wasn't a constant reminder of the brokenness. His next son was named Eliezer, which means my God is helper. My God is helper. And he started to see, he said, my God, my father's God was a helper, my helper, He saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. It's so easy to get stuck if we're not living in the Spirit. It's so easy to just think that that's all that God has for us. God offers so much more. When we're going and we're looking at our pile of dirty laundry of our life, allow God's grace to transform it so that we can grow higher, we can grow stronger, looking to the Son, the Son of God, that brings us to the promise. We can live a grace-empowered, transformed life into the promise and glory of God. Moses may have felt stuck. We may feel stuck. I have at times felt stuck, but no one 
No one is ever stuck in Christ Jesus. No one ever has to stay in brokenness. No one. So we take time to heal. We take time to reflect. We take time to grow into the person that God created us to be. Through 40 years, it took 40 years of Moses living in the desert, living in this way, he becomes a transformed man. And at that time then, after 40 years, God reaches out to him with a burning bush and says, you know that thing I put on your heart? You're ready now. You're ready now. And I'm going to use you in a powerful way. You are ready now. And God is going to use you in a powerful way. He's going to make a beautiful thing out of your life. So let's praise God together as we sing together beautiful things.
but in preparing for this sermon, I looked out the window and um, I saw my vegetable garden, or it was supposed to be my vegetable garden. Um, I, I love having a vegetable garden. It brings me such joy. And this year, summer didn't happen for me. This year was hard. I went school and, and church and life and just everything. And instead of seeing a beautiful vegetable garden that reaped a harvest, I saw weeds, weeds. And I felt defeated. It was like a constant reminder to me. It's like, you're not keeping up. You're not doing enough. And in the midst of looking out at that, God pinpointed my vision to something that reached just a head higher than all the weeds. And it was a sunflower. A sunflower, a seed that was planted by God without my even knowing it. God plants seeds within all of us without us even knowing about it. And it grows and becomes beautiful in the midst of weeds because our God is mighty to save, mighty to save. Let's rejoice.
have a transforming God. We have a victorious God who can take any brokenness and transform it into victory. Amen? Amen. And so we come to a table of grace, a table that's set before us saying, I love you no matter what you've done. I can make it beautiful. And so as we prepare for that, let's come and have a prayer of confession along with us. Won't you pray with me? Lord, I am a sinner. I need your grace. Forgive me my sins. Set me on your path. Transform my brokenness. That I may live into your glory. And be a witness for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and this proves God's love for you and for me. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And now as a forgiven, grace-filled body of Christ, let's greet one another with the peace of the Holy Spirit. can take our brokenness. We are all broken in some way. None of us is perfect. Things have happened. Things happen to us and we do things that are just not as God would have us do them. So Jesus came. God knew that we needed a Savior. And it was Jesus' work on the cross which we celebrate here at the table that has done the work so that God can make something beautiful of our lives. It's an ongoing process. We cooperate with God. We cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And God does make us beautiful. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that amazing? So come to the table. You're not invited by me. 
You're invited by Jesus Christ himself. Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who invites us to come and share. And as he shares with us all of the grace and love and mercy that he offers us, we can come and receive. We can come and receive the great blessings of God and be assured in our hearts and our spirits that it is by the grace of God that we are made beautiful in him. Amen? Amen. So come, everyone is welcome. If you love God, repent of your sin and seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ. You are welcome to come to the table. You don't have to be a member of the church. You don't have to be a member of any church. This might be the first time you ever set foot in a church, but you are invited by Jesus to come and receive blessing from him. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. Those prophets looked for that day to come when justice shall roll down like waters, when righteousness shall, like an ever-flowing stream, roll down upon us, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation anymore, and neither shall they learn war. So with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name, we join your unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise and gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood. The blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for all creation. Do this as often as you drink it 
in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice, in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray together with the confidence that God has made us beautiful? The prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward?
ready. Come, worship God. God will meet you here and supply all your needs according to his riches and grace. What a blessing that is to know we can receive from God. You're welcome to light a candle as a representation of your prayer, to stop at the rail for prayers and healing and anointing with oil. Come, worship God in the beauty of holiness.
Do you feel it? It's as if the laundry's done. <laughs> right? Right? To God be the glory, great things he has done. Please stand if you're able as we sing and rejoice to God for what God does in our lives. in your life, making your life a beautiful thing. Amen. 